everybody. Welcome to the Nerd Sloth Podcast, where two lazy nerds talk about whatever they have the energy for. My name's Chris. And I'm Joseph. And uh, right now we have the energy to talk about... Uh, I don't know. I don't have the energy to talk about anything. I'm tired. <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> That's it. Episode over. Welcome. Yeah. W- w- for for years, let's let's preface this for a second. For years, we have been podcasting nonstop for... Uh, it's been almost 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 years. So it, the only breaks we would really get is if we, you know, vacation days, whatever. But also, like, sometimes we do, like, every other week shows. But then we've been back on the weekly the weekly grind of the shows that we're doing now. And that's where it's just like, yeah, it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot more work than you would expect. Nothing but respect to other podcasters who do this more consistently than us or even as consistently because it is, it is a secondary job basically. With this show, we're coming in 100% unprepared. We (laughs) We have no notes. We have no topic ready at hand. And we're just going for it, and we're going to just see what happens. So, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you. Yeah. I was just remembering when you said the the weekly grind thing, and I was just kind of thinking about, like, how many coffee shops are, like, in, like, work buildings that are called, like, the daily grind, <laughs> you know? I feel like every Do other have- coffee shop, like... It was a clever yeah. name the first couple times, but now it's just like, <laughs> nah, you just it's like, you can't do it yeah. anymore. Every big corporate building has a coffee shop in it, like, you know, or or not even just a corporate setting, but any like big building where people, a lot of people work. There's always that one cafe, and I feel like 60% of them are called the daily grind. Let me ask, and, do you think do you think it's like there's a company called the Daily Grind that kind of implements itself into corporations like, oh, this is our coffee shop, the Daily Grind trademark. Or do you think (laughs) that that's like something that companies can just as long as it's only within their, um, I guess, building, they can name it whatever they want as long as it's not like outwardly trying to sell anything. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if they're like, I feel like they're usually third-party companies. That's what I'm thinking. Little, yeah. Yeah. So is there a daily grind third-party company that like I could yeah. buy merch for and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the daily grind. <laughs> and no matter yeah. what building it's in, I'm a fan. I'm going to go there. That just reminded me, did you see, I think somebody created, uh, I, and I don't know if this is real now. I think it is real because I think I saw some news clips about it. Someone changed their coffee shop and uh, the name of the coffee shop now is called Dumb Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that feels illegal. And, or it feels no, like it's think, really skating the line. I, yeah, I think it's skating the line a little bit, but I think they're getting away with it as parody. But it's like a legit business where you go and you order their coffee and everything just has... It all looks like a, a Starbucks and everything. It just has the word dumb in front of everything. <laughs> so like, what can, size do you want? I want a dumb grande. Yeah, I think that's honestly how it works at wow. this place. It's like I want a dumb Venti. I want a dumb. <laughs> can, <laughs> I want a dumb Highlander Grog uh, can, Venti. Yeah. Can we just change the name of our little group then from Nerd Slot to like Stupid Disney? Stupid Disney. <laughs> that. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm just like, all right. How far can we take this? Our trademark character is going to be Stupid Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or really, I, you know, I like better when they you change the name just enough to where it's not the same name, but it has the same feeling to it. Like it if it was like stupid mouse, if it was like Mackie Mouse or something, <laughs> Mackie Mouse, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where it's like it's ridiculous, and you know we're just copying it, but it's like, well, it's not Mickey. His name's not Mickey. It's Mackie. That was making me think of like that uh, Jeopardy episode where the, they said like Danky Kang and stuff. So now <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what if we had like uh, Danky Duck or or, or Daniel Duck? Yeah. Um, no, no, no. It's yeah. Ronald Duck. It's got to have the same. Ronald. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ronald Duck. Mackie Mouse. <laughs> no, Ricky Mouse. Let's do Ricky, Ricky Mouse, Mouse. Ronald okay. Duck. Are they all going to be ours? Well, now they like, are. I don't know. I didn't doing? mean for it to be. I mean, okay. Goofy is kind of a gray area. because Yeah, we can't, can't name him Rufy, Joseph. We can't, <laughs> we can't name him Rufy. Yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, that's what it would be. Okay, so maybe let's let's drop the stupid Disney idea. Yeah, we ruined it that quickly. Yeah, we it already failed. We're already, yeah, yeah the, we're already on a watch list now. When did you see the Mario movie? I just saw it last night. I saw it Saturday morning. How'd you feel about that? How'd you feel about that movie? I really enjoyed it more than, uh, not more than I expected to, I guess. I went in pretty open to whatever, but more than the internet would have you believe you would enjoy it coming into it because they're like, oh God, the voice is different because it's, uh, it's Chris Pratt's voice. It's not Mario's voice. And I, the entire time that people had been having that complaint, I had been of the mindset that like, I don't know that I could handle Charles Martinet Mario voice for an entire movie. Like, yeah, Mar that's this is why Mario doesn't talk in his games or have like long dialogue strings, because it's like that does that only works in like, like, wahoo, you know, like little things here and there, like little fun sound bits, not yeah. actual speech. You say you want it until you get it, but I feel like you would regret it and you would start to resent that voice if that's what we got for an hour and a half straight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think he did a fine job, Chris Pratt. Like, at, like his voice was not, it was it was his voice, yes, but it was different enough to where it had like a little bit of a, like a minor accent to it. And they played on the voice, the, you know, the game voice in the um, the very beginning, the very beginning and like the fake commercial that they had up or the commercial they had up. So it was like they had fun with it. And that's what I really enjoyed most about the movie in general was how much fun they had with it. I loved Charlie Day. He did such a good job. Oh, as Luigi. Yeah, he was L awesome. Yeah, Luigi was great. Peach was fantastic. She really was. She I didn't realize that was uh, the whole thing. Anya Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy until the credits. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't realize who was going to play her. She was good. Uh, Seth Rogen is just always Seth Rogen, but that's he was what's amazing, delightful about though, it. Yeah. His Donkey Kong, that was amazing. <laughs> and like, I, I would say one of the best parts of the movie, like there's so many great call outs and everything. But one of the, the best parts for me was like, when Donkey Kong first came out and he's like, you know, strutting his stuff and everything and everyone's cheering and Cranky's shushing everyone up. But you still hear that high-pitched voice that's like, yeah, Donkey Kong. And he's like, that means you too, Diddy Kong. <laughs> and it pans over and you see Diddy like shut himself up. But like, you know, Candy's right next to him too. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's a whole nother like, so universe they could really open up to with the yes, jungle I hope they land. do. Yeah, and... I I like that they added the DK rap also from the N64 oh, game. Oh my god. Yeah. They totally did. <laughs> 
Well, and it, the the freaking thing opens with the the Mario rap from Super oh, Mario Brothers Super, Super Show. Show. Yeah, I couldn't believe they did. There were so many instances in that movie where I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. That and Cat Mario. Like I'm like, we got Cat Mario. Yeah, wait, <laughs> no Cat Mario was a weird one from. Uh, that was a more recent game. Um, uh, Super Mario 3D Land, wasn't it? Yeah, 3D World. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did like that they had the uh, raccoon suit, not the Tanuki yeah, suit. Tanuki. Though, it well, it didn't. It wasn't the Tanuki suit as we know it because it didn't turn to the statue or whatever. So it's well, like I feel true. like those are two different things. Maybe I'm wrong. I always thought it was the Tanuki. I'm, I'm gonna. I got now. I gotta look it up. Hold on. Tanuki okay. Suit. Yeah. Is there a difference? Between- is there are those separate suits or is the Tanuki just the suit in general? Maybe it is just the Tanuki just been, suit, but I, I think it's yeah, just been Tanuki. I wish he had done the turned into a statue thing. That's what that I was getting cool. at. You know, the one thing that I'm glad they didn't include in this, there's huh. one thing I'm glad they didn't do, which is turn all the Mushroom Kingdom folks into blocks that Mario destroys. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, could you imagine how, how wildly different that would feel if we saw all those little toads get turned into blocks and then Mario's just crushing them as he goes along, like yeah. that would hit way different. Spoiler uh, alert, that doesn't happen in this movie. Yeah, that would be, so, that'd be it, rough. I, I do want to say though, like, uh, so you and I were talking earlier about what we would love to see in sequels to this. And, that's something I, I'd like to bring up because I think we had two specific go-tos. I, I would like to to discuss how, how those could play out. So like w- one go-to is Koopalings, bringing those Koopa kids. Absolutely. Because that one is chaos. That one is an easy one. If that's not the next movie, the follow-up to this one, then Nintendo has really like failed me because this it's like such an easy setup. Like they've set it up themselves, even if they don't know it. So it's like, come on, that would be that would be the simple way to do this. Another way they could transition into it is like we were talking about earlier into like the uh, Legend of the Seven Stars, the Super Mario RPG. Yes. Uh, that would be a cool transition. And like you were saying, people would go nuts if they saw Gino or Mallow in a trailer or something. You know that they would do like the whole. You would see like the shoes first and it would start slowly panning up and you would see the cape and stuff. And you would see like his little puppet hand like shoot a beam or something before you see his face or anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, that's what they would do in the trailer. Yeah, and, like don't even give him a voice yet. It's just like they just see the puppet hand. That's all you would really need to see. Just even if it's like an Arthur fist, it's like, oh, I know that hand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the little <laughs> wooden hand, like, yeah. grasping and stuff. Okay, but, like, here's here's something. What kind of voices, like, who would voice Gino and Mallow, though? You know? I feel like uh, Gino would need, like, a deep resonance to his voice. I just think that like would deep? be are we talking about like hey uh <laughs> like how deep are we going here? i don't i don't know if like that deep but just like a strong voice like i just think like even though he's like a frail little puppet like i feel like he, the energy he gives he's off is attitude. like a tough guy yeah he's he's got to have the the anti-hero kind of voice 
Yeah, he's got to have something like that. Like, he's got to be the cool guy, the coolest guy in the room kind of energy. Right. Mallow just needs to be like a bright kind of almost like, uh, oh, I can't think of a character off the top of my head, but just a really like bouncy kind of light voice. Even if they're saying like kind of grim things or whatever, they have to like stay kind of bright. <laughs> There, there was definitely a character in the movie that was. Yeah, I didn't want to say the character <laughs> a specifically, lot like that. But there is yeah. yeah that kind of energy. I think would also be Mallow, except not as dark. There's so many things they could do there too, like just the idea of of Smithy coming in, releasing all his dudes, and then you know a team up of Mario and and Peach and Bowser having to go up against a common foe in smithy and all of his stuff would be so good and 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 we got to get some maxim rangers <laughs> oh my god that's exactly what i was about to say like yeah. i don't care if they are like main characters but i need to see them in the background at least like throw the axum rangers in there yeah that's a, you know they they've got to show up as like a you know like a mini boss sort of thing as like there's a couple instances of that in this movie of like you'd get these Short scenes of like um, Mario having to go up against a certain like character or something like that for like, you know, five, ten minutes of the film. Even if it's just like a panning shot of like Mario and Luigi's room and you see the action figures of them on the shelf. The Axum Rangers. Yeah, the Axum Rangers. Then it would still get the Mar uh, Leonardo DiCaprio like pointing gif out of me. Be like, oh, I know them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like ah. that's it. That's all they have to do. If if they went the Koopalings route, like what do you think they would do there? I think there might be some kind of like power struggle between them and Bowser, where it's like ultimately it would have to turn into the maybe an enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. I mean, kind of like the Super Mario RPG route, also. Not necessarily that Bowser ends up working with Mario, but he's at least in opposition of his kids taking over. With like, uh, was it's usually Wendy is the one that's still like on her, her dad's side. Oh, yeah, sure. Are... So there would be like, a, I guess, an inner conflict in there, I feel like. I'm thinking like you got like Morton, Roy. Is like Iggy really the one asserting... with like the little mohawk? Iggy and Lemmy both have like that the really sprouty hair. Okay, yeah, I was not thinking of Iggy's the one with the glasses. Oh, okay. Um, which one is the one with the rainbow mohawk? That's the one I'm thinking of. I can't remember. Uh, so there's Iggy, Lemmy. Okay, Lemmy is the one with the rainbow mohawk. Yeah. Okay, Lemmy. Okay. Yeah, there's Iggy, Lemmy, Roy, Morton, Wendy, Ludwig. Mm, yes. It, is that all of them or is there a seventh? I can't remember if there's six or seven. There are seven of them. So name them again. Okay. Iggy, Lemmy, Morton, Roy, Wendy, Ludwig, and I, I don't remember who the seventh one is. Larry. 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 That's right. Yeah. Shame <laughs> on you for not knowing every name of the Koopalings oh, that we right. don't see very often. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got to say that, like, you know what, though? Like, I could see that being maybe the next step and and leaning more into, like, the Yoshi side of stuff, too. Like, going Dinosaur World, 
and um, sure. sing more of oh. sing some more Yoshi, sing the Koopa Kids. That's another thing I was thinking transitionary wise, and this isn't really spoilery. At a certain point, we get to see Mario and Luigi as babies. Not that it has any effect on. It's just a flashback thing. So they could add in like Yoshi story elements to the next one where it's like maybe they get transformed back into babies and then it takes kind of ideas from that game. That would be fun. Uh, Yoshi's Island and all that. Yoshi's Island. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun too. As long as they keep out that annoying whale that those babies have because, oh my God, is that (laughs) the, the most obnoxious no sound they, they have to do created. it they have to do it once and then someone has to make a meta comment in the show of like oh my god that sound is so annoying you know <laughs> right transitionary like there's just so many there's so many facets of the mario universe or just the nintendo universe in general like if we're talking like future we could have a uh like nintendo verse of movies because i would oh, love easily. to see like a star fox movie you know what I mean? Oh, Star Fox is my number one that I want to see. Even though Easily. I'm not like super attached to the F-Zero franchise, I always loved the aesthetic of it. So that would be an awesome. Yeah. I'd watch that movie. Just throw anything. Give me a punch out movie. I'd watch that. Whatever. As long as like King uh, Hippo's in it. Just like, yeah, give me all the classic stuff in some kind of weird movie format and I'm in. Like I do, I think Star Fox would make a great film, but I think yeah. the one that c- could potentially make the best film is Metroid. Oh, I just think of Metroid. Yes. That could be amazing. The one thing I don't know is just that the story of Metroid is so much darker than everything else Nintendo has. So I don't know if they would do like the same kind of like treatment, like the Illumination style animation kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, they could do that and just have a nice like uh, horror aspect to it or sci-fi horror aspect to it. In, in Okay. Sure. Think, so there were some like spooky portions of the movie that I think played really well, even though they were played for laughs. It's like if you just took like the um, slapstick portions out of that, that could actually be played off as really scary or at least spooky yeah. enough that like it could be handled by um, a younger audience, but also still keep the same kind of intent as the the story of, of Metroid or whatever. You know, I guess if they did it that way, too, it, it would I feel like they could do more as far as like the the one thing that they could do if they did something like this is lean into some of the ridiculous stuff that does happen in Metroid, because like there's a human being in that suit. Yet that suit curls up into a tiny ball, like baseball sized ball and doesn't crush every bone in Samus's body and squeeze all of her organs out in a horrible, bloody mess. Somehow she lives through that. It's like working out the logistics of that. Like maybe it's like a Pokeball situation where she's comfortable inside of that little ball while she's rolling around. Yeah. Uh, No, I don't don't know. It's just like, yeah, they can just... like in that kind of setting, they could just do it and they don't really have to explain much about it. I think another easy win for a movie would be Kirby. Oh, yeah, that would be. Oh, like, Kirby you could, would be fantastic. Because you can make that, that like definitely a kid's movie, but still have appeal to adults who are Kirby fans. 
No, here's the thing. I cannot imagine a talking Kirby. I can't. I can't do it. There's been a talking Kirby before in a cartoon, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's true. It's just, I I just don't know. I can't see it. But you gotta have that super deep, like, it's it's got to be uh, a super deep Kirby voice. Yeah, I, need, I want Kevin I need, Michael Richardson. I need Chris <laughs> Christopher Judge to yeah, he was. <laughs> Kratos himself. <laughs> Kratos is Kirby. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I I don't know I don't know how they would do the Kirby movie voice wise, but I think just Kirby as a character has a lot of appeal visually, and that would be a good standout. Sure. Um, I don't think Super Ghouls and Ghost is a Nintendo franchise per se. It's Capcom, but I don't know that it's oh, a Nintendo yeah. thing. So I don't know that they could do that. But I would love to see that still as an yeah, off sure. thing. Here's here's something that I saw announced. Well, I don't know that it was announced. So I, I don't know that this is true. And I sent this to you yesterday, and I don't know if <laughs> it went seen from it yet. I saw this announced to well, I don't know if it was announced, yeah. and then I don't even know if this is true. I don't true, know if it's true, but go in on. fact, nobody's even talked about. In fact, <laughs> yeah. this I'm making this up. I, right this now. was a dream I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm I'm making this up on the spot as we go. I saw something about Netflix has a live action Pokemon series coming. We already had Detective Pikachu, and that was good, but I don't know. Right. That you could do like a whole series like that, especially because you don't have the series isn't going to have like Detective Pikachu budget episode per episode, you know? Well, that's what I'm not sure because I'm I'm like, I don't know because I'm not someone that's like, hey, you know what? Hey, let me tell you about the uh, the uh, daily. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Businessy words. I was trying to say like <laughs> daily daily money making stuff (laughs) of what Netflix is. I don't know the daily returns of Netflix. Is that the word you use? That. Yeah. Maybe they do. I don't know. Because they are doing the live uh, Avatar The Last Airbender thing, and I think that's going to be pretty epic. Okay, well, sure. So don't think about it as the earnings or the money part. Think about it as the time aspect of it. Like, can they push out uh, Detective Pikachu quality week over week or even if they just do it in like a, a bundle or yeah. uh whatever um I, I i just don't know I'm, i don't have confidence in that i don't even know if it's real since you made that up on the spot <laughs> but I'd, I'd be open to checking it out this one's this one's called uh officer squirtle well no you gotta have the squirtle squad if you're gonna do that it, they'll be the the antagonists the squirtle squad oh yeah okay yeah it's a street gang Squirrels. Well, yeah, they, they uh, pretty much are the, with the sunglasses well, on have, and everything. I'm going to call Officer Mr. Mime going up against <laughs> the Squirtle Squad. I think oh, he's been man. upgraded to Father Mime now since he's uh, Ash's dad. Oh, yeah, that's in, right. In canon, his, basically. His stepdad, Mr. Mime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. So, like, the so the thing that I saw, this person was basically saying, you know, that's part of the reason the anime wrapped up with Ash's story, because now they're going to be basically be doing it live action. And I'm like, I don't know that I buy that part, because I know that they're doing a new Pokemon anime with a new character and stuff like that. So I don't I don't buy that part of it. But, I, you know, there could be some truth to it. Maybe they're going to do something with Pokemon. I, I would not be surprised. 
I don't know. Um, I'm more excited for the Avatar stuff than I would be for Pokemon. The the low hanging fruit here, the low hanging banana is Donkey Kong Country. I I would love to do some more of that stuff. I would I would love to see more of the Kongs. There's so much that they could do there. I mean, they've got all those characters. Like you know, that's it, it's ready to go. It, it's it's it, it's all prepped for you because they had so much. The Kongs are such a prevalent part of the movie. Like that's a separate land within this world so that it exists in canon in universe so it's like that could be a natural transition um or just a branch off into a separate franchise in and of itself um as long as they don't put in that stupid parrot with the light that flashes back <laughs> and forth and makes you want to have a seizure you know there's going to be like that's the uh, worst a minecart portion of it there has oh, to be. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be a minecart. And, and you know, you'll see the Kremlings, which I will accidentally call Kremlins multiple <laughs> times. Of course. I, I want to wrap this conversation about Mario's been up uh, by nice little bow. Yeah. I'll put it put a nail in it by saying that they could go a lot of different directions. They could even branch off into like a separate like. Uh, Mario Kart situation since even in the trailers you see like some of that, that going on and um, Smash Brothers too Smash Brothers especially uh, which Smash Brothers would have to be like a later thing once the other franchises have had time to <laughs> launch and or it could be a launching point for those other franchises so I guess it could yeah. go either way who's um, gonna assemble the, the Smash Brothers initiative you know who's gonna uh, show up uh, you know in uh, Mario's home later with the eye patch on and say, I'm putting together a special team. <laughs> yeah. Wh- which character is going to be the Nick Fury of this world? I don't know yet, but yeah, they so, have to, f- they have to fight up against the, the, the giant fist or the giant hand from the first game. <laughs> the giant hand. It'd be yeah. weird if it was just a fist. Like you guys got to <laughs> fight this big fist. Keep yeah. Them getting fisted. And anybody listening to this, if you have any ideas, like please share them with us because yeah, let's know. I'm sure there's a ton know. of Nintendo franchises I'm not thinking of. I dare you to come up with ideas better than ours. I no. dare you. I double dog I, dare you. you. You easily can. I'll say that. Yeah. Give us well, a Pilot Wings thing too. That's Nintendo, right? Pilot Wings. Wow, that's that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I mean, uh, Pilot Wings, Wave Racer, put it all together into one. If it okay, you know? if we are doing the smash thing, this is the last thing I'll say about this. <laughs> okay. If, if we are doing the smash thing, then we could have like Goose or one of the Pilot Wings characters. I don't know any of their uh, any other names of theirs. I think have that was from Top Gun, but maybe flying a uh, a plane that's transporting people. So it's not even like they're directly referenced. It's just like, oh, I know oh, that sure. character from Pilot Wings. Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. Because I don't think it's popular enough that it would get its own thing, but it's uh, it's enough to where you could be like to recognize hey, it. it's a nice easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Goose with is you. in fact a character from Pilot Okay, Wings. whatever. Fine. <laughs> I had to double check to prove you wrong. Yeah, fine. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. Because whatever. they're all named after birds. Goose is hog, Maverick a uh, bird. I'm oh, talking you mean about pilot wings. I'm talking about pilot wings. Yes. All the pilot wings are named after birds. Okay. Yeah. Is there Goose, a penguin? Hawk or a Ibis uh, or Ibis? I'm not sure how that's said. Kiwi, Lark, Kiwi, Robin, 
and Mario. Mario is also in Pilot Wings. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is not a bird. <laughs> Mario, the okay, most well, famous bird. I'll seed you this. Yes. He does have wings on his hat in Mario 64. That is fair. So he can fly like And bird. he can also fly in his, what I now know is a Tanuki suit. Tanuki suit, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. So Mario is, is a bird, confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Beedy beep beep dee. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to whatever Chris is playing uh, on video games right now. Um, this is uh, the, the the part of the show where we talk about what Chris is <laughs> what what indie game the most I'm famous right now. part of the show for the first yeah. episode that I didn't yeah, know exactly. was coming. <laughs> um, hey, <clears throat> I I just finished playing Papers, please. Which oh, um, yeah, I know about that one. Yeah, it's it's um probably not one that you'd be super into, but I I really really enjoyed it, and it's got a ton of replayability to it. It's a Lucas Pope game. I just finished. Um, I replayed one of his other games recently, which was Return of the Obra Dinn, which is a masterpiece. Um, but um, yeah, Papers Please is is pretty cool. Essentially, you're like a um a guard at a border and you're processing people coming across the border, which sounds boring, but <laughs> yeah, it, it it's, it's, it's fun. It is fun. Um, what about it, it is fun. It, it's mostly the interactions and, and what happens is like almost every day, something new gets added to what you have to do. And things change so rapidly that like, you have to constantly be on your toes about like new rules, new regulations and and not get cited for stuff and lose money. And you have to balance like you, you have to try to process these people as quick as you can to earn enough money so that your family doesn't die, including yourself, because you still have to pay your bills and stuff at the end of each day. And if you make too many <laughs> mistakes, you'll this, get penalized. All kinds this, of stuff. This just sounds too much like real life. I don't know. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm penalized for not paying my bills on time. You, you're trying right, to describe the, the fun part. Okay, go on. And keep here's going. the thing. So, like, along with those, along with those things, there is kind of like an ongoing story that that happens, but also a lot of the people that come by are like randomly generated. So it's not like the same thing every time. And so your play could be different. And there's a lot of stuff like different decisions you make can drastically change how your your play goes. There's 20 different endings for this game. So like you can go down very, very different paths, basically. Different events will take place like terrorist attacks might happen while you're there. Uh, Wanted criminals might try to come by. Someone might try to hop the fence and run and you have to try to trank them like take them out and stuff like that like it 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 just all kinds it, it becomes chaos basically so you're basically managing chaos and then also like you know some people might try to pay you off to let them across it's like do you want to chance it you could maybe get more money will that come and bite you later it's a lot of resource management but also very much under pressure along with like all kinds of uh, little plot threads and stuff that you can choose to either pull on or let go that could create so many different end game experiences. So um, 
I really enjoyed it. I, I've gotten like, I think I've gotten four different endings now playing through it. So, um, mm. yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. So I, I, and there's like different achievements and stuff that you can try to earn too. Um, which, you know, I, I appreciate Steam has so many achievements built in to all these games. So I appreciate that there are some people who enjoy games like that. <laughs> That's totally cool. It's not my thing, but I'm going to tell you what my thing recently has okay. been indie game wise. And it's not a new game either per se, but it is a new expansion for uh, a well loved indie game, which is Dead Cells. Dead Cells is a a, a roguelike action uh, b- b- platformer kind, not really a platformer, but a roguelike action game. I'll say sure. that. And uh, so roguelike, for anyone who doesn't know, is once you die, you kind of start over and hopefully you've gotten far enough to where you've gained something from that experience, if not uh, something uh, beneficial to your to your next run and at least the knowledge of how to better uh, pursue it moving forward. And a right. lot of this is randomized and stuff. So you don't, you're never going to get the same run twice is what I appreciate about roguelikes in general. The new expansion for dead cells is the return to Castlevania. And I, I had to play through that because I love Castlevania as a franchise and just horror things in general. So I, you in in that you're fighting death you get to fight dracula you get to meet up with uh, alucard uh trevor belmont and then even once you do meet them like you get to use like their sort of their avatars basically as your your new like skin essentially like you're not them you're not That's playing cool. as them but but you get to use uh lookalikes Just of them fun. yeah as eh, for fun yeah it doesn't add any advantage, but there are also a lot of Castlevania weapons and things that get thrown into it, like the holy water, the whips, of course, um, and just various powers that you get, like some bats that go uh, that you can attack with and various other Castlevania aspects. And that was a really fun expansion. I beat it and I just had a great time with it. And there's still a ton of unlockables I haven't gotten from it, so I'll probably continue to go back and forth to that. I don't know exactly when Dead Cells, the base game, came out, but it has gotten so many expansions since then that it is well worth playing if you're a fan of more challenging games. And I promise you, you will never have to pay bills in that game. So that is <laughs> that's the appeal is that you don't. Have that's to the pay appeal. Bills. Well, hey, yeah. you should like Papers, Please, because it is a roguelike in that if you if you lose, if you die, you do have to start over. So, yeah, but what do you get from it? Not you get the knowledge of what not to do in the future. So, because you don't gain things, you have to start from scratch. I mean, I guess it just depends on, but it's not an action roguelike, which is like more no, what is appealing to me. It's a procedural yeah. rogue, is what sure, I sure, it. sure. That's sure. what I'm going to call it a procedural rogue. Like, okay, I don't, I don't know that that's a term, but I'm going to use it now because uh, <laughs> I think it sound it makes it sound cool. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a procedural roguelike that um, just throw more titles on it. Yeah, yeah. Give it more. Make it sound more distinguished. I mean, there are people who definitely like that type of game oh, absolutely. like you and others. So I'm not like downplaying you. that. I'm just saying there are also people who don't and are into more action stuff, which is why I wanted to offer an ultra alternative uh, for people who are more into the, the action things. Yeah, whatever. No, <laughs> that's so that's a big problem. Not a problem. That's a big difference you and I have when it comes to games is like 
when I'm browsing the Steam store and I see the tag difficult on a game, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, they didn't make this one for me. They, they, they put that tag on there so that they're like, hey, Chris, don't play this one. This ain't for you. Like you're, you're going to have a bad time. This is going to make you a big sad buddy. Yeah. And then when you see that, they're like, oh, this, they wrote me a love letter. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll buy it. It's because I'm not, I'm not just randomly encountering those. I'm searching for that kind of thing. Like (laughs) give me a good challenge or else it doesn't feel appealing to me. Um, I did finally get you to play, uh, Elden Ring though. Yeah. Which I'm not great at, but. Uh, when we, we co-op it and when we co-op it, it's fun. When I play it by myself, I have a real bad time, (laughs) (laughs) but co-oping's fun and I've gotten better over time. I mean, it's been a few, you really have It's been probably a month and a half since we've played it, but like I, I have gotten better. That's the thing about challenging video games for anyone who either knows or is interested in getting started on those is it's going to be rough at first. Because you have to get used to the systems of it. But once you do, it's just like anything else. Like, it's just practice. And then the the tough part will, for me at least, once you get really good at, like, those super difficult games, it makes some other games feel too easy. And so that's, like, the downside of it. You got You got too good. Like, some people are like, hey, get good, bro. You can counter with that and be like, I got too good. So now (laughs) everything's boring. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, it just makes, you'll never want to play a game on like easy again, if that's ever been your thing. Cause you'd be like, oh, this is just a cakewalk. It's just no fun without that good challenge to it. Back in the day, I would say a, a few years ago, I used to play a lot of games. If they had just story mode, which was typically easy mode, I would do that. Because I'm much more of a, I want to invest in the story. I want to read all the stuff and not get like stuck on the level. Like I want to be able to go through the whole thing so I can get the experience. But these days I usually just kind of start on whatever the generic normal setting is and just be like, no, I'm going to play it at base level. So, yeah. And and I also feel like for... For most games now, anyway, unless it's like a specifically a game made to be hard, like normal is going to be a pretty easy setting. Um, sure. Generally. And that's or at least it'll be paced as the developers intended for you to play through the game in the sense that yeah. like it's not going to be too hard, but it's not going to be too easy either. But if you just wanted to tackle the story, like I know one of my friends, uh, Brett, you know, Brett, he. Oh, yeah is uh, he, at least last I had heard, played games on easy a lot for that same reason that you do to experience the story and not worry about like getting hung up on any specific parts that's too challenging for him. I'll say one game that though I have found myself not playing easy mode on and then actually increasing the difficulty up all the way is Pathway, which is easily Ooh. one of my favorite games of all time. It's a tactical turn-based uh, RPG. Uh, I love call it, that game. Wouldn't call it a JRPG, but um, yeah, it's it's really good. It's like if you like franchises like um, Indiana Jones and like the 1999 Mummy, which is the epitome of my sexual preferences, pixel art, all all kinds of stuff. It's great. 
so um, I recently started playing it again. Um, I had played it for a while, put it down. A couple years later, came back to it. Um, just finished unlocking all of the characters. Almost all of the achievements. I, I, there's only a few achievements left for me. Uh, I've played every level on, and beat every level on the hardest difficulty um, with everything turned up, which was really challenging, but it was super fun. Now what I'm going to do is like, um, I'm now starting from scratch because I've been spoiled because I had like gotten like really good gear and everything and I had played through on the difficulty and stuff. So I'm, I'm going back to base now and starting a new game from scratch and going to re-experience it all the way over from the beginning with like, you know, no good gear and everything. So I'm excited to start it over again. I, I, I don't know what is possessing me to start from scratch and <laughs> with no good stuff, but it's just, I love that game so much. So I'm excited that is, to do that, it. That's actually a rogue light also yeah. uh, where, where you're going through. And again, you have to start over if you don't make it all the way through. I don't think it's a very long game, but it, it has be. its challenges. Uh, it, I guess it depends on the route you take, right? I don't yeah. remember exactly how that game plays out. Yeah, it depends on on the routes you take. And it, it's got resource management involved with it, too. Because, like, if you run out of gas for your Jeep, it's game over. Like, well, not necessarily. You can then run to the next checkpoint, but you lose health each time. And then it'll be game over pretty quickly. It's great, though. I love that game so much. That is a good game. I remember playing that with you at yeah. one point. First time I played it, um, you were the one that convinced me to to get it. Well, you had bought yeah, it. I was, and then yeah. Well, I and I was it over from, at your place. Yeah. yeah, I was playing it from your Steam library, and then I fell in love with it because you showed it to me, and so then I bought it, and I've been obsessed with it ever since. Like I, it's I would rank it as one of my favorite games of all time. Look up Pathway on Steam, check it out. It is so much fun. It's very rewarding. If you like tactical games. This is definitely going to be at least among your top 10, if not top five, for sure. I, I just got some new games recently that I'm really excited about. I haven't tried out yet. I don't know if I'll get a chance to play them before our next episode, but um, at some point I'll talk about them again. Dredge is is one of the new ones I just got, which is... Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna, I was going to get that one, but since you did, I'm just going to play yours. There we go. Uh, since we have a shared account. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a cool looking, it's, it's like a, it, in summary, a, a horror fishing game. Yes, is exactly. Wh- <laughs> where you're on a boat and it's like, it feels like it's kind of like Eldritch or Eldritch horror kind of stuff, yeah. but I don't know exactly. And I don't want to know really a whole lot more than what I do know as a base, but it looks super cool and it's very well reviewed. So I'm excited to try that one too. Yeah, that's that's about as much as I know too, is uh, you go fishing and there's um, a very Lovecraftian aspect to it. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to playing that. I saw Gab Smolders had a, a video of it, of her playing it. And I was, I almost watched it, but then I was just like, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna play it for myself. I don't want to see someone else play it yet. And then the other one is uh, Curse of the Sea Rats is the other one. I oh, got. yes. I kickstarted that one. I so did I too. Have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so we both have it. Um, Yeah, I haven't started that one yet, but that one also, the animation of that one's fantastic because mm-hmm. it's all hand-drawn like animation. And I had been following it since they first started the Kickstarter and that was 
maybe like two years ago or more. I yeah, don't know exactly. Finally just released. So very exciting. And that's like a, a co-op like action RPG. But yeah. I, I don't know. And with the animation gorgeous. I don't know much more about the game. It's got mixed reviews on Steam right now, but I don't want to read the reviews because I don't yeah. want to know why. I'd rather just experience it for myself. Yeah, we'll have we at, should play that together if it's co-op. That'd be fun. Yeah, since it is co-op. Uh, okay, so on one I want to talk to you about because oh, you were talking about um, Pathway that I think you'd be interested in really is Curious Expedition or Curious oh. Expedition 2. Yeah. Have you played those? No, but I, I do know that we have them in our library and i've i've seen them and just from the cover art i looked they looked interesting to me but i don't know anything about these games so please inform okay so those are also turn-based uh but they're more narrative roguelikes so it's not like uh it's not like a tactical rpg where you're moving your character around when you're in battles it's more like a um turn-based uh like a I don't know, Final Fantasy-esque type turn-based okay. combat. But combat's not the main focus. It's really about like exploring these like um interesting uh and sometimes fantastical worlds where it's uh if I remember right, like you're you're kind of like historical figures and you get to choose your character that you go in as, like Joan of Arc and stuff like that, or different kind of like explorers of you know, different realms, but you're in like uh, fantasy, like sometimes things can cross over into fantasy worlds. Like there can be like T-Rexes and stuff in there, like sci-fi aspects oh, of it. And it's like, as you're exploring these worlds, it's per- it's procedural also, sure. like you were saying earlier, where it makes all your adventures kind of unique since it is a, a roguelike as well. So you're going through and just trying to see really how far you can get on your expedition. I guess Curious Expedition is really a great title for it because that's kind of what it is. It's you exploring, um, getting as far as you can. And since it is a roguelike, like if you die or whatever from on your expedition, you'll start back over. But every adventure is going to be different and you might experience new kind of random things in the process. So I think you'd really like that game. I really enjoy that game, too. I haven't played the second one yet, but I do have it to check this out. They've been on my radar. There's so many games on my radar right now that I've been wanting to play, but I'm trying to play them all like one by one and not jump around. So that's I've really been trying to be good about that. But then I'll see something like Curious Expedition 2. And then Uh, I'm like, oh, man, I've really been meaning to play that. Maybe I'll go back and play it. That might be a fun one to play on Steam because it's going to be really random or not Steam, sorry, on stream yes. because it'll be so random that we don't really know what's going to come up next. There, Yeah, there's so many that I really want to do. Like uh, Overboard is another one that I've been wanting to play and just haven't gotten to it, which has been out for like, I swear, like a year now. Yeah, God, there's so many good for, indie games for, out there. For any... RPG nerds, uh, I did start playing Octopath Traveler 2 on my Steam Deck. Yeah. And I, I played the first one a little bit and I just kind of dropped off it because it was, I, I just got into something else. Not that I didn't like the first sure. one, I just got distracted. But this one, it's a lot more, um, it, it has some better quality of life, like changes to it. And the story is just more engaging right off the bat. Uh, since it's Octopath Traveler, like you get to choose, like to start from, uh, eight different perspectives. Essentially, nobody's the main character. It's whoever you choose is the your focal character, but oh the overall God. story is still going on for everyone else too. So you're basically it's like basically eight side characters, and you get to choose which one you want to be. 
I just now realized why it's called Octopath Traveler. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm an idiot. Oh, man. Oh. Did you think it was like about a giant octopus or something? I, I don't or, know. I uh, You didn't even think about it? No, I didn't even think about it, Joseph. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, Hang there on. you go. Light bulb. In tr- when they made triangle strategy, is it because there's three characters? No. That one, okay. it, it might be like three different sides of a war or something. I don't oh, remember exactly. Okay. I haven't played yeah, that one, so I don't feel bad about not figuring that one out. I've played a little bit of that one. That one to me is just too, there's too much in between battles. Like it takes a long time before you even get to go into fights. It's a lot of dialogue, okay. which if that's your thing, then I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But it was just too, too much for me. Sure. I do like some, as long as it moves the story forward, but I don't like, um, I don't like it filler. does, but it, it, some of it does feel fillerish. but you know, it, I just, it's not as appealing to me when, when it's, all talk. I just want to get into it. Even if it's not like direct combat, I want to be able to control what's happening, not just be pressing A to like read through dialogue boxes. Are you able to see how many games we have in our joint library? I, uh, I want to ask, do you see it or are you just asking me? I'm, I'm asking you because I, I'm not at that computer. I'm, I'm in my sound booth computer, which is not attached. Oh, man. I'm kind of scared to check. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know how much money we've wasted. I mean, not all of it. Some of it's been bought on discount. And some of it we've gotten yeah. for relatively free because it's been through Humble Bundles and stuff. So Yeah, and there's uh, quite a few I, I want to add that in, in there too. before I say what the, what the number is, which I'm still looking for. I'm trying to okay. find okay. where I can see that number. It's going to be, I know it's going to be over a thousand easily. Oh my God. Okay, okay. You ready? Hang on. Do you have a guess? Can you guess? I did a drum roll for you. Yeah. Do you? Can you guess? Oh, you want me to guess? Yeah. You want to guess? Um, you have uh, two guesses. Okay. One thousand one hundred and twenty-seven. Higher. Hot. Oh God. Okay. One thousand three hundred sixty-two. Closer, but still higher. So oh my 1, God. 1,451 games. Oh! oh yeah. Man. I, and I, I think that's our shared library. I hope yeah. it's not just mine. No, it's, it's probably our shared. Wow. Okay. Wow. But I know the majority of those are mine. Are yours. Yeah. Yeah. But a, a good chunk are, are definitely mine, too. Yeah, even if all those games were just $10 or less, that's still over $10,000 worth of games in this library. <laughs> and I know they weren't all that. Some of them were like full-priced $60 games. Oh, so boy. That's disheartening. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, and by some, I mean many of them, I haven't even played yet. They're just there. Yeah, most of them probably. I mean, <laughs> there's no you know, way. You you're probably not wrong. There's no way. Like, so did a part of you just die a little bit when you saw that number? No, I mean, I've gotten okay. better about it, which is like, it, it's just, it's progress, but it's been slow progress. I just look over the years where it's like, why did I buy that game? It says, oh, because it was on sale and it looked kind of interesting. Now, <laughs> I at least, I yeah. bet my game's a little bit better. Plus, I have Game Pass now, which makes it where 
That's yeah, true. I can play games for not free. I still have to pay the monthly fee, but it's Better. a lot cheaper than buying games separately. That much is true. Uh, I'm about to go to the da- the dangerous route. I'm going to be buying a Steam Deck in the next week. Just waiting through oh, a, man. a couple more uh, of my voiceover payments to hit the bank. And once those do, I'm ordering one. So... Uh, I think uh, my my goal, though, is I'm going to buy the cheaper one and then buy a larger SD card because that seems to make the most sense. So that's 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 my strategy. Which one did you yeah, get? It's I got the most expensive one. No, of course that, you did. Well, I mean, I had some extra funding, so <laughs> I was like, you know what? Why not? I'm going to go all out. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted the best version because it. I don't know. It wasn't that much more expensive. I don't remember how much it was, honestly. It's several hundred dollars more. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> I feel like whatever for whatever reason I got it, it was worth it to me at the time. Okay. My only wish is that they had it had an OLED screen. Like cuz I do have the Switch OLED, and even though I don't play my Switch all that often, when I do, like the colors on that are just so nice and crisp and it just looks really good. That's cool. I'm going to not pretend to be smart what's oled so the oled screen is essentially what you're getting when you look at a normal screen is like the black colors on there are just like kind of grayed out and so things kind of just look a little muddier yeah so on an oled screen it actually instead of like trying to make like a true black color it's like turning off the pixels altogether in some instances so it's just actual screen black and it just makes it really have a lot better dynamic contrast to it got it which is not something that a lot of people notice or care about but i'm very particular about those things so it looks really good to me and it's just something i can appreciate while i'm playing a game so i like to like have the most like immersive experience i can uh when i'm able to okay fair enough yeah i'm i'm not up on on all the tech I mean, obviously, seeing how I'm like just now getting a Steam Deck, so you know, I didn't. Yeah, but- I didn't have a smartphone until like 2015. So if that tells Dang. you anything, yeah. Well, you are yeah. going to enjoy your your Steam Deck, though. It's I will. it's fantastic, and especially like for indie games, it runs pretty much everything perfectly. As long as you're not trying to play like super like AAA games with. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Like, even Elden Ring runs on it decently. Nice. Yeah, I rarely play AAA games, you know, anyway. So. Right. So, it's usually indie games. So, I'm I'm interested, though, like, as far as, like, everybody else out there, like, if you have a Steam Deck, I'm interested to know which one you all purchased. I'm still gonna, like, I'm not gonna care. Like, I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm not gonna take your, it's not gonna sway my opinion. I'm still going with the cheap one. (laughs) Just curious, like taking a poll, like, you know, which one y'all got? Because there's three different ones. So I'm kicking myself, uh, though, because I it went on sale for the first time and I didn't know it was on sale and I missed it. But I didn't have the money for it at the time. So, OK, so the advantages I, I had to look it up because I didn't remember the advantages of the more expensive one, which is six hundred and forty nine dollars is the storage is faster it's got anti-glare glass on it so if you're playing in like places with more light or even i don't know that it could help you if you're playing like outside in sunlight but right you would have a better odds of being able to see your screen better on that sort of glass 
And it, otherwise, that's basically it. Like, yeah, that's not enough and, for me. And, to, oh, and more and more space. Well, yeah, on your which is yeah. Well, I'm just gonna buy you know a thirty dollar SD card that gives me hundreds more gigs instead of paying hundreds more dollars for the same, if not less, so, amount of gigs. So you bought the the cheapest one or the middle one? I'm gonna buy the cheaper one. It's also the difference between your storage because like those, the the two other ones use like uh, SSD drives, like NVMe SSD drives yeah. and the cheaper one does not. So it's like the storage will be slightly slower, but it probably won't make a big difference in the long run. Yeah. I mean, and especially with indie games, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So It's not going to be that taxing. It Like load times might be like, a half second longer yeah in some cases i was looking at at comparisons where it's like you know load time 10 seconds and then the next one up was like 11 seconds and i'm like i don't care <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah i can wait yeah. one extra second you know that's yeah. me taking is one it? more breath who cares right so, so it's really just like whatever your budget is you're gonna have a good time regardless yeah that's the plan is just to have a good time and I hope all of you had a good time listening to this uh, episode, this first episode of the Nerd Sloth podcast. Um, if you did like it, let us know. And uh, if you have any uh, topics, questions, things that you want us to uh, to bring up, you can send those to podcasts. That's plural. Podcasts at nerdsloth.com. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash nerdsloth, where you can find all kinds of random bonus things from uh, Joseph and myself and some of the others from nerdsloth.com. And uh, head over to our website, nerdsloth.com. I keep saying that, nerdsloth.com. Go there. <laughs> you can find merch there, too, uh, which, is, oh, yeah. which is stuff. I like that. Which is stuff. There is stuff. Um, yeah. If you want to see us in person, digitally and not in person, <laughs> go to twitch.tv slash nerdsloth and you can catch us there. Sometimes playing games, sometimes drawing, and all the times being idiots. So, there you oh, go. Yeah, 100%. So, once again, my name is Chris. And I'm Joseph. And we're tired. So, we're gonna go. <laughs>